everything (laughs) it is thursday may 30th you are listening to the two guys no cup podcast Mm. and we are recording that name is tenuous (laughs) a subject to change and we're recording from this place that we are in i haven't been as good at these lately how about a knoll on the Shire. We're at a Hobbit's home. It's not Frodo's. It's some bitch ass Hobbit you've never heard of. But it's Jake. It's Jake, Jake the Hobbit. Uh, but it's exciting. He's he's still very, very kind. And we just had second breakfast because it's in New Zealand and their days are all flopped. They eat breakfast at the end, uh, dinner's exactly. at the beginning, exactly. and the toilets go the other direction. Mm, indeed. How are you feeling tonight, Ian? Good. I'm feeling very good. I need to widen my vocabulary. I'm feeling... Stupid. There you go. You said it before I was going to say it. Is that what you were going to nope. say? Nope. <laughs> but that's a great word for it. Oh, it's happened. We can now officially say... Mm-hmm. That this is the greatest season in the history of the St. Louis Blues. Mm. It probably already was. Yeah. But now there's no doubt. There's no doubt. They won. They won. They won a game in the Stanley Cup final. Something that they had never done in 53 years of this franchise. And we're here to talk about it. Ian, where did you enjoy the game from? I was at the watch party at Enterprise Center. I was in section 112. Oh, you were on the lower level? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, please. We were living it up at the lower level. Ooh, I'd want to be on the upper level, though, wouldn't you? No. There's not as many people up there. I guess they have the underscreen. You gotta be with the people. Wait, the the place was full, though, wasn't it? Uh, So that's the thing about (laughs) this place and their supposed 
sell out crowd. Maybe it did sell out. And it was mostly full, but the corners where you're going to end up getting two screens in your view at 45 degree angles and not dead on to a, to a screen on the Jumbotron were a little more empty. Ooh, okay. Which makes sense. And I'd still an amazing amount of people there for no hockey at the ring. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was definitely like some empty seats. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so everyone to sit dead center. The whole bottom area was completely filled. That was really cool. I think the Jumbotron's a little bit lower than it normally mm, is. It is, it is. I mean, yeah. Tom Stillman doesn't care. He's lined in his pocketbooks. And I couldn't be happier. Yeah, Ten him. bucks, man. Ten bucks to get in? That's I I would have gone for twenty bucks. I would have gone for twenty five dollars. I got some thirty dollars. I got some good news for you. A hot tip, but it's we're gonna take it offline. Oh great. Uh, <laughs> Well, I Tom the podcast Stil- was fun, and now I want to fucking kill myself. Tom Stillman gonna spin to the cap for the rest of eternity, and yeah. we're real happy about it. That's true. You don't have to worry about this man and his money anymore. It's weird to think about that. Like, I know we've touched on this briefly before, and we'll obviously get into the game here in a minute. But it's weird to think about that. Like, however this ends, mm-hmm. we just go and have an off season. You know, like whether we're yeah. Mm-hmm, champions or not, or we just lost to the Bruins in six games. Whatever the case, I love how much we won't say it. We still. Oh, I will not say. I'll it. never I will say, not it. say it. We'll do the thing. We'll, we'll <laughs> something will happen. We'll be very happy, but we won't say what it is. I hope the I hope the listeners are completely in the dark. I hope it's what, a puppy. What's this event they keep talking about? It sounds exciting. Man, could it be the two guys no cup con? <laughs> That's right. We've got a conference. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at the end of this year, we've still got like $20 million in cap space, a couple of giant contracts to sign, a couple of people who can start having extension talks. And we get a draft right it's away. It's going to be like an interesting offseason for the Blues either way. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the one way, but even the other way. Um, but we're not here to talk about that tonight. We've got like a whole week to prepare for that. Oh. We're here to talk about... What became St. Louis Blues 3, Boston Bruins 2, in Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Final, in the, what is it, the TD Bank Garden now? Mm. I hate when they're like, we're going to give this a corporate name, but we're going to still call it the Garden. Oh, yeah. And it's like, just get get out of here, TD Bank. Nobody wants you. Doesn't the TD and TD stand for Toronto Dominion? Does it? I think you, the T I is mean, for Toronto. That's way too specific to be improvised, so I'm going to assume. I know the T is for Toronto, and it just does not seem mm, okay. It's ironic, because Toronto has never had dominion in that building. Yeah. But, um, We're no, we don't play in the Chicago Tribune oh my God. Center like, in I'm, St. Louis, Missouri. I'm glad the Raptors are in uh, the finals, and I think winning may have won game one. Um, but can you imagine if they played the Celtics? <laughs> And lost. <laughs> Impossible, I think, but yes. Impossible. Well, I mean, in the finals. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, I yeah. just meant on the road too. Yeah. yeah oh no, obviously. yeah. They would have killed themselves. It is. It's ninety four to eighty seven. The in the fourth. This is when the Warriors just decide they win, probably. But, um, yeah, in like the third round or whatever. Not yeah. now, but in the third round. I don't want Boston to win anything, but that still would have been funny. <laughs> um. So, this game, how'd you feel before this game? You were sitting down in your seat at the Enterprise Center. 
You were sandwiched between a large Hungarian man mm-hmm. and a two-foot-tall Asian woman. <laughs> I guess there was actually an Asian woman there, probably. Do respect to the Asian people, but how did you feel sitting down at this game? <laughs> um, I felt like I wanted to peel my skin off. <laughs> And, and I did. As the game went He's on, got no skin tones. Yeah, as the game went on, I most certainly tried to. I, I definitely tried to. He's got a dermis, but no epidermis. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I was so scared. Yeah, I was at home watching this game with my brother, who is probably listening. Hello, brother. I, I mean, I know his name. But you don't have to know He doesn't that. use it often. No. <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> but uh, my brother is becoming more and more of a hockey fan on this run, but isn't like... And and by by isn't on our level, I mean he's mentally stable. Like yeah. He's a healthy person. He's a regular human. <laughs> so he had to watch that with me, and it was... Oh. It was not... Well, the words I was saying... The, the things I weren't, wasn't saying, the noises I was making, the just, the complete the just lack of any hope remaining whatsoever when they scored the first goal. It was a real roller coaster. The children that live next to you are having nightmares to this day about the noises, the, the unearthly noises <laughs> you made. The worst part about this whole thing was the 7 to 720 where it's like you knew it was coming. You knew a game couldn't just start at 7. Mm. But it was still like agony. Mm. Flipping back and like pretending to care about the friggin' Cardinals game. And then like waiting for this to happen. So at the Enterprise Center, you know that they're in Boston. But as they do all of the normal things for pregame that they'd normally do when the Blues are in the building, mm-hmm. you kind of... Half of you forgets. Oh, yeah. So, like, right before they cut to the feed in Boston, you're like, here they fucking come. (laughs) And, like, nothing happens. And then on the Jumbotron, when they show you, like, inside TD Garden, Mm. it's like this weird, like, Russian doll effect of you're, like, in a stadium looking at inside a stadium at a hockey game. You're like in this weird, removed, way far back in a movie theater. Like, whoa, there's a hockey game here, but inside <laughs> a screen. Like, it was just, I knew they weren't coming out, but for half a second, when the crowd gets really amped and starts standing up, I'm like, they're coming, they're coming down the tunnel. What if just one of them? Like, what if Chris Butler had stayed by? Oh, they should have. They should have had one person come out in a Blues jersey and full gear and be like, oh my god, who is that? <laughs> Welcome to Brian Voganecki. Um, the way, you know, the Sharks have people lead them onto the ice. Mm-hmm. The Blues are being led onto the ice by Dan Hynos. That's just what I was going to say. Uh, we are a hive mind. So let's start the game. The first period, the Blues, not so good. <laughs> not so good. I thought they looked they, they had a hot start. They had a hot start. They looked good for the first, like, three and minutes. Then, and then, like, you can't even really... So they, they got a good opportunity, and then Sammy Boy got a penalty, and you can't even really... You can't even really be mad about the penalty. He was crashing the net hard. They called it goalie interference. Not the only goalie mm-hmm. interference we get in this game. If someone hit 
Jordan Bennington in that fashion, I would want goaltender interference. Mm-hmm. I would. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad, and at the same time, I'm glad Sammy Blay had the balls to just go straight at Rask and try for a dirty goal. Totally cool with that. Sucks that it was a penalty. Sucks that it happened right at the beginning of the game, but I'm cool with him attempting that and it being a penalty. But you also have to know that this is Tuka Rask, Mm -hmm. like the golden child of this playoffs as far as a goaltender goes. And so, like, you can't touch him. You're going to get called for that every time. And whether that's fair or unfair, those are the quote-unquote rules. And you have to, like, abide by those fucked-up NHL rules. That's just that's what's going to happen. Yeah. It's like you fall asleep with your shoes on, you get... Stuff drawn on, yeah. It's, yeah, that's it's, it's just the rules. Um, so the 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 Blues took a penalty, and I even tweeted, you know, that's that's a penalty you can't afford to take. Mm-hmm. The whole story of game one was taking unnecessary, stupid penalties. This was a worthwhile penalty, but it still resulted in a power play goal scored by the hometown kid Charlie Coyle and his sweet sweet grandmother, who apparently, according to you. Not very popular at the Enterprise. Center. There was like half the crowd booed, and I think half the crowd felt bad about booing the old lady. And then by the time they started booing, it got really into it. Oh, I just my goodness. really like they better do the same thing for Pat Maroon. So they won't. When they cut oh. to like the different announcers in NBC, bum, bu, bu, when bum, they bum, cut bum, to bum, Pierre Maguire, the entire place booed, and it was it oh, warmed my what heart. A, what a balm! What a oh, balm! It was from so Gilead. nice. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, Charlie Coyle, his seventh of the postseason, meaning old Grandma Coyle got to ring that bell seven times. uh, Doc Emmerich, as you may have heard, referred to it as his seventh bell ringer of the postseason. (laughs) Uh, Jake DeBrusque and David Pasternak, not David Backus. Screw him. There was a point late... I want to say late in the third where I really thought David Backus was going to like either score or create the go-ahead goal, and I was literally going to take a knife out of the knife block and stab myself <laughs> in the heart. Be like, well, um, we but, had a good run. Uh, we'll get there. Coyle scores the goal. Really just a, uh, just a crap goal. You want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's a we're on the penalty kill. Pasternak takes it on the right side, passes it across to DeBrusque on the left wall. DeBrusque gets it behind the net, and he passes it in front to Charlie Cole, who's wide open. We kind of already have our box set up for the penalty kill, but we also have Bozak and Pareko both trying to cut off DeBrusque, and neither of them really take the body or get their stick on the puck, and so it comes out in front to Coyle, who's pretty much all alone. And it's a nice shot. It's a five-hole shot, but it's... It does not look good on Jordan Bennington. I don't. He he's kind of sliding those. to his left, and I think he's kind of caught off guard that he shouldn't be sliding as much. So when he catches himself with a skate, he kind of does the weird reverse VH look before he drops down on both his pads and too slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a good goal for sure. It this was not. Oh, it was too early in the game, and to have it look like a crappy goal against our pretty much outstanding goaltender this postseason Mm. and did not elicit uh hope (laughs) yeah 
But uh, the goal was not without its controversy because oh, yeah. was it on the power play or was it just before? I think it was like maybe as the delayed penalty or it wasn't a delayed penalty, but it was like just before the penalty or was it on the power play? No, I think it was on the power play right. that they well, supposedly well, we had. had four guys here. So yeah. anyway, go ahead. The Bruins supposedly. Well, not supposedly. Not supposedly. We've, got, we've got a picture. <laughs> Credit to Ben Fredrickson. Fredrickson of the Post-Dispatch. Uh-huh. Close friend. We all know him. We, you know, he's close friend of the podcast. Uh-huh. Been on many times. Uh, yeah. You've, don't, don't look at the... Don't, do not listen to old episodes. Those are done. Um, yeah, and you can count. There's, there's six Bruins on the ice. And I, I always wonder for... These plays, how they, I don't know, how don't you catch it? I guess you're not looking at the trailing guy as a ref, but, like, sometimes you do catch it. And I'm not saying this is, like... Oh, the fix is in. (laughs) I'm not saying that. (laughs) What I am saying is, like, just because of the arc of the franchises and just the tale of misfortune and the hockey gods, the Blues a thousand times get caught for this. Every mm-hmm. single time. I mean, it's not even close. It's not even close. The sixth guy who's skating towards the bench in this photo is, like, between the circles at, like, the EY of Stanley Cup Finals. It's not like... It's so sad. It's not even remotely close. And it's just like, it's just like the hand pass. I mean, it's nowhere near as significant. Obviously won won the game. But, like, in the same way of just, like, how? How do you miss it? It's cut and dry. How do you miss it? I know. That's not a bury the whistle yeah. kind of play. It just happened. It's just it a, a factual. It's a it's not, there's like no room for interpretation. Yeah. It's just a factual penalty that you just missed. Yeah, that's not a speed of the game thing. Like, he's in the middle of the fucking ice. Yeah, it's, uh, wow, it's it's bizarre. So, oh, so, side note, on this picture, there's the like little ice print of, you know, Stanley Cup finals and stuff, 2019. Mm-hmm. They have that on the ice now at like Scott, Scott or uh, Enterprise or whatever. It look, both said oh, It's amazing. It's just it's like, so cool that it's there. Uh-huh. And on the outside of Enterprise now, they have this big picture on the glass that's like the cup, and it's like, oh, it's real. For some reason, that makes it more yeah. real. Yeah. One of my favorite things in the playoffs is watching round by round as the uh, like as the board ads mm. get more, more and more like lead. national. Like, yeah. get out of here, schnooks. We got to discover it. Get <laughs> <laughs> the fuck out of here. Nobody wants to see your little toy soldier anyway. Pizza. Mm, I don't think so. We bibbity bobbity AIG boy. <laughs> AIG doesn't exist anymore. I mean, it does, but it was not so good during the financial bailout. Real hit, really hit AIG hard. That's what those predatory predatory loan practices will get you. Now onto the game. Do people participate in predatory loan practices knowing that's what they're called? Uh, Tom Dundon did. Okay. Tom Dundon, bad human being. Not great. Um, Robert Bortuzzo, good human being. I don't have a, a, a dirt, a, a, a plethora of evidence to support that, but we'll just say yes. Elliot Friedman said he was a good oh, guy, right, right? You're right. And Zach Samford refused to comment. <laughs> but uh, Robert Bortuzzo scores his second of the postseason, both of them very significant goals. This one with a big assist from the erstwhile Matt Grisnick. <laughs> um, but in peace. He's, he's not yet erstwhile. We'll get to that. Do we know when that happened? Yeah. Is it in here? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
He scored his second. Bozak assisted, and Carl Gunnarsson with his first and most significant point in the playoffs uh, with his with the secondary assist. Gunnarsson had a pass attempt here uh, that goes off the backboards to Rass left. The puck bounced to Bozak, who threw the puck through the slot for a tip uh, from Maroon, but there was no luck there. Bortuzzo collect the puck along the boards and whipped a wrister. At Rask, and it goes in. But how? Tell us how, Ian. Well, I thought this went <laughs> off of Pat Maroon. It most certainly looked like it changed direction, and it did. But it went off Matt Grizzlick's stick up and over Rask's left shoulder. I'll take him any way I can get him. You sure will. Pat Maroon. Robert Bortuzzo is special. Oh, yeah, he don't give two shits. <laughs> uh, Pat Maroon, after the goal was scored, I think he shoved Matt Grizzlick. Right after it, just a little bit, and the ref went over to talk to him. And at the Enterprise Center, they cut to, like, goal and the goal horn and all that shit. <laughs> so you can't see... Oh, do they play the the Urge song? Oh, yeah, they do all oh, the things. Oh, it's a game, just nothing's happening. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and for when they cut to the goal uh, picture on the screen, I was like, oh, my God. Because it's so loud there. I'm like, oh, my God, this ref's talking to Maroon. It's going to be, like, a high stick or he did mm-hmm. some bullshit and it's not going to be a, it's not gonna be a goal. Oh, I was flipping out, and then they cut back, and they dropped the puck, and I could stop peeling oh, my skin off my drop face. Is such a sigh of relief. I just drop the puck, and I was so excited because I t- I'll tell you, folks, you know me, you, you know, know me. I'm a I'm a I'm a pessimist, born and raised, self-proclaimed <laughs> friggin' pessimist, <laughs> and um, I thought we were done after that power play goal. I didn't, you know, I didn't know sweep. I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we legged one out. But I was like, oh boy, they just have our number. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to. I just want a brief tangent. There was a real scenario in which we weren't really that bad, and still just got steamrolled by the Bruins, mm-hmm. because the Bruins are so good, and they're historically so dominant, and they're so hot right now, or they were. Coming into this, yeah, series. in game one, they and were. Brask was so unbeatable. There was a real scenario where it was like when we lost, when we got swept by the Kings, mm-hmm. and they went. Uh, that was the year they won, right? By and it was we were really as good or better than them most games, but Quick was just unbeatable. I mean, he was just totally unbeatable the whole game, the whole series. Um, and they were so hot, and they were a team of destiny, and and I think. I just the Bruins are so good this year, and and that series was just so dominant against the Hurricanes, and the and Rask was so, um, so good in that. And you know, as much as players would absolutely swear up and down that like, I never think about the French the weight of the franchise history. You know, mm. the the no Stanley Cup win, wins they for sure do. Like I, mm-hmm. I've kind of come to believe over the course of my life that if if I believe something a hundred percent and feel it just very viscerally, they feel it probably like ten percent of that. Mm-hmm. It's like minor, but if if you're already getting beat down and into the ice by the Bruins and it's this tick in the back of your head, it can start to sm- snowball. I'm a psychopath the whole time. <laughs> They're professionals, but it can still weigh on you. And so when they got that goal, I was just like, this is just what it is. We can be hot. We can be not hot. They're just relentless, and we're just going to get destroyed. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And then we scored the Robert Mortuzo goal, and I was like, oh, my God, a breath of hope, <laughs> a, a, a breeze from spring. There's hope. There's joy, and then there was heartache. <laughs> they <laughs> robbed your hope of me. Because not even for just exactly 40 seconds later, Joachim Nordstrom, his third goal of the postseason, assisted by Sean Corrali, who sounds like Sean Corrali has the name of someone who should be a former NHL player. Yeah. He seems like the guy you should hear about that was never, you never knew they played in the NHL. But boy, are they a former NHL player. Um, you you want to tell us about this one? Yeah, this was just real was real bad. <laughs> Both of our goals that we allowed, not great. I had to rewatch this one because at the time, like you said, 40 seconds after the Bortuzzo goal, people were still hype. People were feeling it, feeling good. And so this just got scored on and everyone was like, I don't know what happened. So let me tell you what happened. Uh, Perron tried to clear the puck, but Nordstrom keeps the puck on the blue line and shoots the puck deep into the zone. Perron then tries to clear the puck around the boards again, but has a stick whacked by Achari. Petrangelo can't corral the puck along the boards, and Crowley takes it from him and behind the net. Edmondson goes behind the net to check Crowley. Perron also goes behind the net to retrieve the puck, but Crowley backhands it to Nordstrom in the slot, who proceeds to move to Bennington's left and backhands it through the five-hole. Not a good look for Bennington yet again. Uh, a botch-clearing attempt leads to another botch-clearing attempt, which leads to a botched defensive zone coverage, which leads to a botched save attempt, which leads to a goal. It's just Rem- botched all around. Remember that sequence, because that sort of a sequence will come back around in this game. We'll get there. Yeah, um, you and I were talking about it just a few minutes ago before we... Uh, started recording real real couple of moments here where you're like oh my god jordan bennington's gonna yeah. turn into a pumpkin i was re- not that either yeah. of the goals were like egregious but they were both just like meh enough that you kind of i was just scared mm. i mean this, there shouldn't be a guy loose in front of bennington at this no. point then someone should stop and, the the pass in the last in the first goal too but that they, but it didn't. It didn't happen. There's a guy in front of the puck, and he got beat, and he got beat five hole, and that's just, that's never been his. That's never been his mo as a bad goalie. I don't think I've seen him get beat five hole very often. So seeing it two times in a row, especially early in the period, right after a goal gets or we score a goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be fair, those are the same sort of things we'd say about Jake Allen. So just in the interest of, like, I, I want to be fair, I know that argument is finally mm-hmm. dead and buried. Jake Allen made a great glove save he on did, the bench. He did, and we'll get there. But, um, like, those were the arguments where it'd be like, well, that really, you know, that guy shouldn't be there. That's not Allen's fault. Mm. And and we would always say, you know, because we were pretty critical of Allen, we'd always say, yeah, but he's still the goalie. Yeah. He's still the last line of defense. I still need you to get a piece of it. Yeah, and um, it just, he didn't on either of these, and it could have been, it could have been the spiral, and, you know, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think these playoffs have been perfect. If, as far as Bennington goes, mm. because he hasn't been a god. You he hasn't. Know? You haven't been waiting for the next shooter. You haven't been waiting right. for the other shooter right. drop. But it's on both ends of the spectrum, mm. you know. Because if he if he was still, you know, as as great as it 
had would be if he was still the Jake Allen or the regular season Jordan Bennington, where it was just like nine forty five save percentage, one seventy goals against average. You'd be like, this is amazing, and I hope we win the cup. But I still have no idea what Jordan Bennington is next yeah. year. Now I feel like I know what Jordan Bennington is mm-hmm. next year, and it, it's he's a probably slightly above league average goalie that has the ability to really play up when the moment counts. Yeah. And that's, that's golden. That's Corey Crawford. That's amazing. I'll take it a thousand oh, times. Yeah. All we asked for was if, average. If, if you're making, let's make a deal. And that's the door I've opened. I ain't checking behind the other doors. <laughs> you know, maybe there's a carry price behind one of them. Not taking my chances. I'll stick with this, you know? Something I'm really curious about next year, because God knows he's a starter next year, is I'm just curious if this is who he is always mm-hmm. in terms of, like, he probably, we know he does. He might have been written about a little too much, and we might be putting too much into it, but he feels slighted. Oh, for sure. I wonder if when you give him a contract and he's here, does the chip fall off the shoulder and does the does that affect performance at all or is it always going to be there or does the chip not matter and he's just as good as he's always been i don't think it's going to drop him any a significant margin enough for him to not be our starter mm-hmm. and it might not affect him at all i'm just curious because that most certainly could be a, a drive right yeah. now and we've talked about it you you've just got to be careful with that contract you give him give him a pay fine him, contract pay him a lot Pay him for two years. Oh, that, I'm fine with that. Pay him $5 million a year for two years. Give him a bridge deal that honors what he's done, mm-hmm. but just says we just have to know more yeah, before you, we sign you for five or six years. I know. I always think of... I always think of these negotiations as way too black and white. I'm sure this is not how it goes, but can you not just look him and his agent in the eye and be like, look, dude, bar, barring, barring they do the thing that they do... <laughs> Even still, you, even, then you gotta though. look at you and be like, "Look, this is amazing. Everything that's happened has been amazing. You have not played a full season for us." Yeah. And then leave it at that. Be like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, "I'm like, we're gonna give you plenty, but you have to understand where we stand on this. Yeah. We can't. You didn't play fifty and plus maybe, games hey, for us hey, in the regular season. Maybe if he signs a bridge contract, maybe that keeps the chip on the shoulder. Maybe it's the oh, best of both worlds. Maybe we're running." <laughs> We just need to always keep Bennington a little pissed off. You don't you don't want to go to this comparison, but it's right there, of like Cam Ward, where it's like Cam Ward carried the Hurricanes to a cup mm-hmm. and was phenomenal that season. And then he was just the franchise goaltender when he wasn't all that good for the next decade plus. That guy was just, like I don't yeah. know I don't I don't know what his career stats are, and I'm sure they were fine. But people talked about even, even until like a couple of years ago, people were like Cam Ward, great goalie. Even this and year as like, a backup mm, for Chicago, they're like very good. I'm like, yeah. What? And this year he was tragerific. But like in the historically, you just don't want to. As much as you love Jordan Bennington, and and God knows if they go to that magical place, you'll love him all the more. Now mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of ridiculous ways to say it. You can't, like, you can't just, you can't make everything from this team like like the Washington Capitals did. You can't just dip it all in silver and yeah. put it on the shelf forever. That would be a fun, that, if, god damn it, how many times are we going to say this? If they go to the happy spot, um, 
Yeah, that'll be an interesting off-season conversation because you're right. You want you want to honor what has happened, uh-huh. but you don't want to go so far as to just screw your future too. In seven hundred and one career games played, damn, that's a lot. Guesstimate Cam Ward's career save percentage oh. and GAA. Which I almost said GDP. What is Cam Ward's gross domestic product? <laughs> Bad goals. <laughs> um, do I get any help? What would you like the help? To I have be? no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the answer. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, I mean, I can just tell you if you would. Like. No, I'm gonna say his save percentage, his career save percentage, is in. You're like, ooh, an N word. <laughs> 902. Ooh. And his goals against average. Oh, see, I feel like I'm better at save percentages. Goals against average. He's played through some weird years. Is like a it's like a two ninety-two. Ooh, you're a little meaner than correct, which I I applaud you for. <laughs> He's a career nine oh eight. 274, 902. Right. So very well, good. I figured you were going to give him hey. like a 912, 913. And so that, again, fine. No, I, I most certainly was great. like, he probably was okay to start, but he definitely uh, ended up in a different spot. Yeah. And that's the thing. The, the year he won the Con Smythe, the year he won the Con Smythe in the regular season, he. Went 14 and 8 with an 882 save percentage. Granted, this was 2005 06, mm-hmm. but an 882 save percentage and a 3.68 goals against average. Wait, that year he like took over for somebody and then went on a run? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <gasps> and in the playoffs. Can be done. If I can find him, I can't find his playoff stats. Oh, I couldn't find them because he's only played in the playoffs two times. So it was very tight. <laughs> in the playoffs, when he won the Con Smythe, he went 15 and 8 with a 920 save percentage and a 214 goals against average and two shutouts. Can you imagine going and winning the cup and be like, man, what a career no I'm going to have? No way. And then just not, then nothing. It, it, to miss the playoffs the following two seasons. Can you imagine winning the cup and missing the playoffs two seasons? We've said a lot of times, if the Blues ever traveled to a magical faraway place, the next season <laughs> all bets are off in terms of criticism. Yeah. But if they were to miss the playoffs, <laughs> I wouldn't be handling them with kid gloves. Whenever I see people say, like, oh, they could miss the playoffs for 20 years for my one cup, and I go, I agree with you until it happens, and then I give them one year. I'm, see, I'm dead. I don't even give them the year. They can't miss the uh, playoffs the following year. I'm dead serious. Like, I give them one. Like, they can get get bounced in the first, do yeah. what Washington did, by all means, fine. But miss the playoffs? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> they don't get that leniency from me. I suppose. But I'm just always like, you get one. These people will <laughs> say you get like 20 or 10, or I'll take five years. I'm like, no, just you get one year. Of like, ah, that wasn't so great. And that's it. And then I'm already back on the bandwagon. I'm like, we haven't won a at cup le- in two years. At least in the one year, you can be like, roster hangover. You know, yeah, like, exactly. a, a hangover. And then like, in that second year, you're like, wait, this is the same damn roster, pretty These much. These players don't even want it anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> lost their love of the game. And for a while in these playoffs, Ian, mm-hmm. we can admit, St. Louis collectively have lost their love of Vladimir Tarasenko. We're right back in Collectively? It. Um, Not me. No, Not I mean, I. I think... 
we there was some criticism of Vladimir Tarasenko. There was very rightfully. Craig Berube did it very. We publicly. talked about him needing to step up a little after the first two rounds. He had six goals. Sure. Something bad. Um, <laughs> Man, that's not like even that, that bad. Deep insight. <laughs> Something not so um, good. Now he has ten, including four. In a row, yeah, dating back to the shoot uh, penalty shot goal in Game Five, and his goal in this game equalized the score at two fourteen fifty five into the first. I think he's on an eight game uh, point streak. Yes, he assisted by Jaden Schwartz in his first. I, I texted you guys. It was something like in his first. How many games have we played now? Oh, Jesus. Six, seven, six, two, 12, 14, 21. You did it. Um, so it was something like his first 11 games, he had five goals and no assists. Oh, yeah. And in his last 10, he's Goose five and five. Um, anyway, uh, he passed the puck to his left and threw the neutral zone to Schwartz. Schwartz skated in on a semi-break and took a shot. Rass made a save with his left pad, and then you tell us about the rest of it. You tell us about this golden effort that he oh, made. Oh, okay. The rebound comes out to Tarasenko, who makes a shot attempt, but is thwarted by the stick of Chara. I know they were already yelling, chanting Tuka's name, doing the old two in Boston. Um, I don't think Tuka Rass made this first save. It most certainly doesn't look like the puck hit, it, hit his pad, especially because after that, the puck was motionless. It's like two, or, uh, Chara... Stick checked Tarasenko when he tried to make the shot, and the puck just sat there. Uh, I don't think it's kind of like a changeup. No one knew that the puck wasn't going to move, mm-hmm. and so Rask was stunned, Chara was stunned, and then Vladimir Tarasenko, who had overskated the puck, decided to try and backhand it, and it worked. I don't know how he got elevation on this over Rask, who was sprawling to save it and it went in, but like. I, I, I don't know. It was like it was almost like five attempts I when I watched care. it. Yeah. I was like, oh, a save. Oh, another save. Oh, a save again. I'm like, holy shit, he fucking scored it. Um, I give Vladimir Tarasenko some credit because he set a couple goals, these playoffs that have been dirty goals, that have just been goals that are not just his wrister from the power play or just, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I like seeing that because that that's the effort. That's the effort you want to see. I don't want to say he doesn't have... People criticize the Tarasenko effort, and I don't ever want to say he doesn't have it, but I think sometimes he's looking for the pretty shot or the pretty player to be wide open, and it's just not going to happen in the playoffs. So you gotta go, you got to go to the dirty areas. you got to try and score however you can, and that's what he's been doing, and I think ever since uh, Berube sort of called him out, even when he didn't really have to because he was still playing all right, he's looked really good. That whole line's looked amazing. Schwartz and Tarasenko have stepped up. They have looked every bit as good, well, better at this point in this series than Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak. Oh, much, yeah. Like, I would have thought if one, I mean, we're such pessimists, if I would have thought one line was going to shrink, it would have been this line. And they've looked by far and away, especially in these first two games, like our best line out there. And that's what you want to see out of your best players. You want to see them show up in big games. Shen, I don't think, Shen didn't have a point in this game, but he was hitting all night long. Schwartz looked really good. I thought they were they were bound to score this game, and I'm glad yeah. that they did. And as you were saying, I mean, Tarasenko was, is not just 
shooting and scoring. Like, he's mm-hmm. playing a really great all-around game. He's intercepting pucks. Mm. He's got his head up. He's confident. I think the biggest thing you see with, with Tarasenko, the difference between when he's, like, not on it and when mm-hmm. he is like he is right now is like he just the determination on the puck the confidence um when you flash back to that turnover goal in game one obviously not the way the game the game didn't end the way we wanted to mm-hmm. but just the alertness to be there to receive shin's pass mm-hmm. and then the confidence to just essentially one time it and beat rask high with his you know kind of patented snap slap or uh, wrist shot just that's the kind of player he is when he's playing at his top level and we said you know if he if he's red hot in these finals god it's gonna be hard to beat this team Mm -hmm. as long as everybody else doesn't totally drop off and so far we haven't seen as much as we'd like from you know maybe the the bozak and maroon Tom mm-hmm. erstwhile Thomas line. We didn't even talk about that. Robert oh, yeah. Thomas, not in this game at all, thanks to Mr. Tory Krug and his squeaky queen hit. Um, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but if that's a queen hit, which maybe it is, maybe it just is, maybe that's fine. It shouldn't be allowed. I'm so, like, I know that this we're supposed to kick rocks and be barbarians in this sport. Why do we allow things that can knock out the most exciting players in the game? You know, Mm. like well, there's that. There's the thing, and I get Tory Krug hitting no name Robert Thomas. Right, right, and I get like I I get that I'm butt hurt because it's Robert Thomas, but I really don't think it's only that. I I don't love the Grizzly hit. I I I hate that. I hate that. He's hurt, and I hate that they're going to be, you know, if if the Blues uh, open Pandora's box, I hate that there's going to be some, a lot of Bruin fans who are like, they injured Grizzly. If they don't injure Grizzly, it's a totally different series. We would have had a Boston cream donut from Duncan, and we would have rocked. <laughs> That's what all Boston fans sound like in if, my head. If Grizzly is um, your linchpin, your team's <laughs> fucked, I'll be but honest. But, like, you know, I mean, like... He's still like a, one of your defense. Like if yeah, yeah, yeah. Joel Edmondson you. isn't our linchpin. If he's gone for the rest of the series tomorrow, especially if we're down to five for a game, yeah, not great. But I'm not worried about their their arguments against right. that. Oh, I'm not gonna be. I don't care. But my point is, like, I don't, I don't want to see Matt Grizzly hurt because Matt Grizzly is a human being mm-hmm. playing a game for a living, and I don't want. I see, like, logically, of course, I see the benefit of them not having one of their starting defensemen to the Blues, but I'm more concerned with them him not being hurt than I am with that advantage. Do you want to you want to get to that? Yeah. That's, all, that's our yeah, last, sure. the last point in this period, because all of this happened in the first period. And then nothing happened. Yeah, no more game. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the closing minutes of the period, Matt Grizzly goes behind the net to retrieve the puck. He begins... I'll be, I mean, right, he's kind of falling. He's yeah. falling a little bit. He's off balance. And uh, Oscar Sunquist checks him into the boards. Grizzly falls down after the hit, presumably injured. Play is called uh, dead. Sunquist is called for a two-minute boarding penalty. Sunquist had a hearing today with the Department of Player Safety. You kind of mentioned sort of your thoughts, but anything, anything further? What do you think about this play in general? Yeah, I mean, I've described this play a few times. 
today to friends who maybe don't follow the game quite as much. And I think it kind of breaks down into four parts. I think four it, parts. I th- just four brief parts. Oh, That's Jesus. how I text to people. He goes to. <laughs> it sounds awful. Anytime someone says like a, we'll get to that later, it kills nerd. me inside. Um, I think it was a bad hit. Yeah. I do. I think Sunquist went in with Grizz like already at a bad angle, and he should have known oh, better. Yeah, it's a boarding penalty. But I also think Grizz like changed angles, like you said, at exactly the wrong time, and made the hit significantly worse. They gave Sunquist. This is part number three. See, we're already halfway through. They gave Sunquist a two-minute minor on the play on the ice. There's an argument that it should have been a five-minute major. I don't think there's a strong one, mm-hmm. but there's an argument. I mean, you can have five-minute board or five-minute majors for boarding. So right. I get it. And part four, I think the minor is the appropriate punishment. Personally, mm-hmm. I think it's bad enough that it warranted something. Mm-hmm. If you're a Blues fan out there and you're saying the minor penalty was BS, it's be thankful that that's all it was. Yeah, I think that because and I think that because they didn't give the major on the ice, and because it's a Boston player and he's hurt, they're gonna overreact and suspend Sunquest. I don't know, by the way, while we're recording at ten forty-five p.m., why we don't know the results of the hearing. It was that like four that was Eastern. supposed to be this yeah. afternoon. Are they still on the phone? Oh, they're like <laughs> we're really rolling these um, dice. But which maybe I mean maybe that's good news. Though. The Magic 8-Ball keeps saying to check um, back later. <laughs> that's how they decide these Fuck. things. Paris is shaking Fuck. it. <laughs> Just every time. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I think because of the injury, they'll probably suspend him a game. And I think that in the basic calculation of this series. Yeah. If that is a major penalty, we probably lose this game. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. if we lose game two, we lose the series for sure. I think. I posted a poll about whether it was must win or not, and it was probably like 70 30 must win. I heard I people saying you're playing with house money as long as you don't lose at home, except for we have to win one on the road, obviously. Yeah. But are you high? Yeah. Are you fucking high that the Bruins win two in a row in Boston that, like, we're just going to be like, well, we'll win the three at home, and then we'll just win one in Boston. Yeah. Are you fucking high? I don't know. But not to pick on those people. My point is, if if a, a one-game suspension is the trade-off for a not-major penalty there, it's easier to yeah. plan for a game without Sunquest in advance than it is to adjust for a minor, a major on the fly. Yeah. and I'll take it. And we like Sunquest, and he's been a key to this team, but he's not such a big key that like we can't deal with a, you know, like if he was injured, he was out of yeah. game. And he hasn't been as hot as he was like in the Winnipeg series when he was like the whole team yeah. for a while there. The one thing I will say is because the more they drag this out, it's like oh, it's one of to me, it's turning into one of two things. Oh no. No uh, suspension, which I think is unlikely. Or I think they're going to overreact and give him, like, two games. Oh, if they do, that's... I, I was about to say maybe three, but that's BS. Um, but even two, Ooh, is, two it, is too many. It's public now. Oh, it it's is? It's a one-game suspension. Okay. Jesus. Okay, so you kept me from going on my rant. I was like, if it's two games, because, like, a game in the playoffs is 
as we've all agreed upon and somewhere on the internet that means that it's two regular season games and like there's no way that hit was four regular season games to be honest it shouldn't it shouldn't even be one game like you said i agree i'd rather take the if it's you choose one game suspension or five minute major i'll take the one game suspension which seems silly but i i that's what i'll take but barring that do you go should he be suspended no i don't think he should be suspended no it was a penalty they called it they were right to call it i get that it's boarding but the dude the dude was in a weird spot i guess and sunquist shouldn't have hit him so there's your penalty but I'd, like i don't know does that get suspended in the regular season does it here's the thing they they supposedly suspended if our if we're doing the math a Sunquist for two regular season games and a guy that's never been suspended before on a weird on a weird hit on a hit where the other guy was kind of they could look at it. they're looking at it they look at it before they make but the suspension Ian, they can't determine history in determining whether it's a suspension except they always do yeah they yeah. always do this is the Associated Press reporting via ESPN Blues forward Oscar Sunquist has bes- been suspended for game three of the Stanley Cup final for delivering an elbow to the head. It's an elbow? Where? Oh, no, 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 no. This makes, that doesn't help. That makes it seem really stupid. Well, actually, why don't we pause here and we'll, I'll try to cut in some of the relevant bits of the player safety video. Okay. Assuming there is one. Actually, why don't we do something a first time in the history of the Two Guys No Cup podcast and just react to it live, a live reaction video. The kids love you know it. how the kids do on YouTube? We'll pull it up. I've got it pulled up now, and we can listen to this video and react to it. Here we go. Hope the sound quality is all right for you folks. You may want to play it along at home. <laughs> Here goes nothing. Wednesday night in Boston. St. Louis forward Oscar Sundquist. He has a Boston bad. accent. That's right no off good. the bat. That's not good. NHL, just like as an imaging thing. How do you let a dude with a Boston accent cut this video? How? Wednesday night in Boston. I feel like the NHL doesn't think about anything. I, say, I thought you were going to say something very specific, <laughs> and I was going to tell you that. So, yeah, you're right. They All don't. Right, here we go. For boarding Bruins defenseman Matt Grizzlick. As the video shows... The puck is dumped into the Bruins' defensive zone, and Grizzlick goes back to retrieve it, with Sunquist pursuing on the forecheck. Grizzlick arrives at the puck and immediately attempts to wrap it around the net. As he does, Sunquist adjusts his course, then hits him forcefully from behind with speed. Drop. People can watch, yes, watch along at home. I don't see an adjustment. If we're being, so, if we're being very straightforward, it looks like he's always going to try and hit Grizzlick. I was talking about this with you a few minutes ago. I don't think the reviewers should be allowed to watch this at super slow motion. Because, like, to me, you're, I, get, I get why that shows you more. I get mm-hmm. that. I do. But you have to put yourself in the mindset of someone who's making this play at 40 miles per hour. Mm. And not as someone who's doing it at 
two frames a second, you know? Yeah. That's and, the difference between this and, like, using slow-mo and stuff for, like, review, a scoring player yeah. review. Because yeah, yeah, that yeah. has nothing to do with the mindset. Those are, like, the right. rules. This is, like, you have to figure out, what are these guys trying to do? What are they figuring out? It's like, Oscar Sunquist is finishing a check that he has finished a thousand times. There yeah. isn't this weird thing where he went out of his way to go hit him as, like, maliciously. I feel like I'm getting angrier about this than I was. Yeah. Continue. Violently into the glass Great. and causing an injury. This is boarding. Great. It is important to note that the boarding rule places the onus to deliver a legal check on the hitter. Therefore, while we acknowledge that Which Grizzly does adjust dumb. his body mm. position in making a play on the puck, he does not do so in a way that absolves... By adjust his body position, they mean fell over. Yeah. It's not like he pulled up. I mean, the dude lost his balance and was falling towards the ice, which does make him vulnerable, but it also puts him in an unnatural position because it's stupid. Sunquist of responsibility for the nature of this hit. From the moment Sunquist hits the bottom of the faceoff circle until contact is made, Sunquist sees nothing but Grizzlick's numbers. This is so, see, that's a moment where the super slow motion... Makes it look like that's a 10-second decision. Mm-hmm. From the from the bottom of the face-off circle to the boards is, what, 15 feet, maybe? And yeah. he's traveling 20 miles an hour? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's so silly that they discount the position that Grizzlick's in. They mention it, but it's like... W- that plays a huge role in it. And then they talk about him hitting his head, and it's like, yeah, he wouldn't have hit his head if he was falling over. Or if he wasn't falling over. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand that. Not a situation in which a sudden and unexpected movement by the player receiving the check turns a legal hit into an illegal one it's at not? the last moment. When Grizzly okay, and they're, okay. on the puck, Sunquist is lined up with the back of the right side of Grizzly's body. Sunquist has time to react to Grizzlick's movements and reacts by cutting back across Grizzlick's body. This movement results in a more forceful and direct hit to Grizzlick's upper back and head, which then drives Grizzlick's head into the glass. In other words, having seen Grizzlick's numbers for some time, then seeing Grizzlick put himself in an awkward position while playing the puck, Sunquist chooses to finish his check into his opponent's back with force. Sunquist had sufficient time to minimize. So see, that's where that's the, just not human brains don't process the awkward position that, that he puts himself in is exactly why it turns into like a weird looking illegal check to the head. If it's not, if that doesn't happen, then he hits him, and maybe it's just a regular boarding call. Hell, it might not even be a boarding call. Like I don't understand how they can discount the fact that, like you said, this is slow mo, and that took like two seconds less than two seconds easily also also they said at some point that he hit him with speed i'm pretty sure yeah so suddenly suddenly the speed you hit someone with really matters and he cut he cut back when and, it, and hit him when with it's char when it's charging and it injures robert thomas neither the speed nor the injury matter mm. but when it's grizzly the speed and the injury matter I guess, like you said, A, defensemen, so there's less of them. B, I'm really, I'm trying not to trumpet this, like, it's because it's Boston, but... It's because it's Boston. It's Boston. Friggin', uh, what's his name? Their owner. Something with a lot of T's. Yeah. Um, I think it's T's, but anyway, he has them wrapped around his finger. 
they had they had to suspend Sunquest. Yeah, like oh, if they didn't, sure. it would have been outrage in Boston. Yeah. Can't have that. Avoid the hit entirely, or adjust his course to deliver a legal check. Instead, with the onus Fuck on you. him, avoid delivering an illegal and dangerous hit. Did he say adjust his course to deliver, to deliver a legal, legal hit? Like there is no legal. Like <laughs> there. What the fuck? I know Your they say point? or like avoid, but like where where Where's was the he gonna go? Oh, let me just let me also so, just fall so down. So by illegal and hit check, him. what they mean is he needs to like dodge around him and push from the front. Yeah, like friggin' I mean. Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> like also fall down. That and movie hit him. that turned out to be true. <laughs> I don't understand. Adjusts his route and delivers the check directly through Grizzlick's back with substantial force, driving Grizzlick dangerously into the glass and causing an injury. It so looks awful this in is slow motion. Yeah. Grizzlick suffered an injury on the play. Sunquist has been neither fined nor suspended previously in his 144 game NHL career. The Department of Player Safety has suspended Oscar Sunquist for one playoff game. I like how they say playoff game because the one for two thing mm-hmm. is a real rule. That's what I mean. They like that's a true mathematic that they use. So we went over that kind of in length, but like, I think it's worth the time. The more I think about I'm it, the more, more the more I think it's I BS. Yeah. Because first of all, listen, I'm sorry. Don't have a dude that sounds like Ryan Whitney deliver the video. <laughs> how hard is that? <laughs> Do these people not have, like, image consultants at all? Who, who decides this stuff? <laughs> who made that decision? How do you, like, I, this, that, that's bothering me more from, like, a how stupid is the <laughs> NHL perspective Very. than it is a I think the Blues got screwed perspective. That would bother me independently yeah. of this. That drives me insane that you can't get a guy that doesn't sound like that. Any guy! He's reading a script. Any guy in the office. Get friggin' Bill Daly to read it. That dude sounds like wood chips probably would sound <laughs> if they have a voice, so get him to read it. Uh, and maybe that is George Peros. I don't know what George no, Peros sounds there's like. there's no way, right? But, like, if, no if it is George Peros, get a different guy! I find it funny when they do when it was Shanahan, right? Shanahan read him for a while and he was the head, and I'm like, but at least Shanahan had no character. No, but aside from that, I'm like, it's kind of like if you had like the president of the U.S. like reading like the minute <laughs> the minutes of something. It's like you're the head of this. You don't have to do the you thing. You mean the minute? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. You're out of order. <laughs> um, yeah, I just. I knew it was going to be a suspension. I'd made my peace with it, and then I listened to that, and there is no more peace. As as Jesus said, do not say peace, peace, when there is no peace. I was like, Jesus said, there ain't going to be no more peace. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's... Eh. If Grizzly is out for the series, it's... A trade, cool, I guess. I but like, I, I also I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the like, ooh, well, Grizzlies hurt so good. Mm. And plus, Robert Thomas may not be ready for the game. Then you're looking at Mackenzie McEachern. Oh, oh God. 
on Zach Sanford. Oh, yeah. Oh. Not great. Would you? But a, a, a fresh body can sometimes be good. Sometimes. I think it's probably I think it's probably McEachern. And then maybe it's just angry Sanford. That, you know, when he was like crazy for a couple of weeks and we were like, oh, he's a I'll real I'll take a player. game or two of angry Sanford. Oh, well, we, well, we put Fabry in this game, so we only got to pick one of those guys to replace. I almost wonder, and they're not going to do this, so I'll cut it off at the pass. But I almost wonder if there's a brief moment where you think, Jordan Cairo, just oh. be like, see how they feel about this. It's a new look. They won't do it. They won't do it. And it's probably the right call. I just want to see Jordan Cairo. But we're in the Stanley Cup final. Let's move on from that <laughs> garbage fire. I was like, where are we again? Let's move on from the garbage fire and get to the joyful part of this game. Joel Edmondson. <laughs> well, that's not Joel. I was like, you went right to the, right to the other penalty. Second period. Joel, I also like how the ending of the Sunquist section in your notes is just thoughts. Yeah. And then we did like a 25-minute segment on it. Joel Evanson was called for tripping against Jake DeBrusque. Ian, was this tripping? No, and Sean Avery doesn't think it's tripping either. <laughs> so we're on the moral high ground. <laughs> As you always are when you side with Sean Avery. It was just a... a, a hockey's fast, I get it. Guy fell over. Edmondson had his leg out. It's a trip. I'm not too sour about how that happens, but it's annoying because Edmondson's he didn't kick his leg out to trip to brusque. He didn't knee on knee him. He didn't change his course of his body to try and get over there and trip him. Edmondson's literally leaning to his left, his legs out to his right. He never moves it, and DeBrusque tries to go over his leg and falls down. So like at what point are you owed the ice you're on? A shitty call for a trip. I really don't think it was a trip, but eh, whatever. Our penalty kill actually looked really good this game, so hats off to them. Yeah. Yeah, it did for the most part. And then so. the second period, Schwartz also took a goaltending interference call. Um, got sho- Kind of got shoved in the rask more than Blay ever did from a Bruins player. But again, don't, like, I want you to get close. I want you to get in this kitchen, but the minute you're touching him, and he did kind of fall over a little bit easily on this one, but the minute you do that, you're going to get called. His rask is... Rask is the proven goalie, and he's the golden goalie, and he plays for the Bruins, so you can't touch him. When was our double minor? Was that in the third? I think so, yeah. I had to look that up, because that was a significant sequence of events, and was also where um, where I think the Allen play happened. Oh, sorry, yeah. that's Double minor did happen because the Schwartz... Um, Goaltender interference is what Constantly equalized out, it in correct. four four. Don't touch Raz. Yeah. Um, and then there was the there was I think this was maybe in the third, where we got uh, slashing called on us because we broke a stick. Yeah. Shen broke someone's stick. Which it would be fine, except you just blatantly missed a much a thousand times worse one. Char on Bozak. On Char on yeah. Bozak, that uh, happened. Yeah, and the third with seven minutes, six and a half minutes left, so kudos to the penalty kill. Oh, no, it was like doom time, baby. But, oh, and the other thing, right before that, uh, Jaden Schwartz was cross-checked twice, twice in front of our net, in front of their net on the other end. And again, I'm fine if you bury the whistle for the Stanley Cup final. I get it. I wouldn't. 
have wanted either of those cross checks called if it was our guy doing the cross checking. Mm-hmm. But if that's your standard, it has to be your standard for both teams. Yeah. And as I said on Twitter at some point, there's never been a game in the history of the NHL where a team has actually committed five times as many penalties as their opponents. Yeah. In that are actually call or that are actual, not the ones that are called. Mm-hmm. And in this game, we committed supposedly five in the first game and five in the second game. And the Bruins committed one in the first game and two in the second game. Mm-hmm. Technically three because it was a double minor. But then they, they canceled blood, it out. But then they canceled it out because they had to because it was the Bruins and they couldn't let there be a double minor. I'm getting more angry about this game than I wanted to, but I just think you can't, like, in the, over the whole of this mm-hmm. series, we can't be expected to beat the Bruins and the referees. Yeah, I mean... That's not fair, and I know this isn't Ruby's thing. I know it's not, and and don't do it publicly. Don't beat Pete DeBoer. But somebody has to be talking to these officials and just saying 10 to 2, 10 to 3 yeah. is not reasonable, and you have to correct that. Yeah, that's kind of... You just have to. It's not... I don't even need you to equal them at this point. I like to give us, you know, 10 and them three. I just need you in every game for them to be closer. Yeah. Well, and plus, you know, there, there were two. So Steve Dangle was talking on, uh, I think on their podcast, maybe on the cup check videos he does about uh, the Krejci penalty in the first game was suspect. And then he was like, well, so anybody complaining about the Krug hit, and I don't usually use the mocking voice for Steve, but he deserves it for this. <laughs> if you think the Krug hit is a charge, fine, just swap the two, because one isn't fair and one is. That is a separate argument. There are two just red dead penalties on the Chara slash, mm-hmm. which would have made it a five on three and a one goal game, by the way, for like a minute and a half. And the f- six men on the ice, which would have canceled out a penalty that they scored on Hmm. that are just again as we talked about it before there's no room for interpretation on either of those chara because he's chara and he's the size of andre the giant he brought his stick down on bozak's stick and it snapped in half in the middle of the ice there was no it wasn't there was no play there it wasn't there's no Hmm. question they just didn't see it and I'm fine saying they actually didn't see it and didn't choose to call it, but you have to be watching the Bruins as much as you're watching the Blues. As many times as we've said hockey's fast and, oh, they can't see everything, the, I feel like we keep saying it to the point that it's just like, you know what, There's, no, fuck that. You're the best You're the best refs. You are the best refs, supposedly, in all of hockey. Catch that. You should catch that. I'm you sorry really should. you should. You're, I know you're only human. You're the best human at this. Yeah. You are the best human. Well, at this. like if, if if a player made an equally egregious error in the Stanley Cup final, we'd bury him. Yeah. Sunquist, even Sunquist, even before we got angry, mm-hmm. I was like, "It's a bad hit. He shouldn't make that hit." Mm-hmm. And that's right. It's a fast game, and he still shouldn't make that hit. I don't think it's suspension worthy, but it's still a bad hit. And that's fine. Don't make the hit. But it's uh. It's frustrating, and and they will never do it because they're the NHL, and they refuse to make positive changes. But I just think an eye-in-the-sky official is so simple. Just have a fourth guy who's watching the game and the video monitor and can just say, hey, man, 
you missed this. Mm-hmm. Too many men slashing call. How, both of those, yeah, how easy would that both be? Both of those are just in the ear. You have an earpiece. Hey, slashing Chara. Two minutes. It happened at this time. They touched the puck. Here. Call it back. And the Bruins can't be mad because it's it's obvious. It's not, you know, don't don't let that guy make the suspect plays. And I get that the, I get that it's the NHL and they'll screw it up and there will be unexpected consequences. But this isn't like a Final Destination movie. There will be unexpected consequences, but also they will get a lot more of those calls right. And that's a trade I'm willing to make. Anytime there can be a negative to something, they just don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but let's go ahead and get <laughs> to the fun part. It's like, of this damn, game. we got negative. Uh, the Blues survived the third period. Uh, David Backus, as I talked about hours ago, had a period where it looked like he was really, really pushing to score, but he didn't. Jay Bowmeister dumped David Backus, and I, there are so many things that warmed my heart last night, and that was another one. It was so great. I knew I would hate David Backus in this series, but I hate I was telling my dad David that when we were there. I was like, remember how everyone in the league hated David Backus? And everyone was like, why? I mean, even I was like, he's not that bad. But I, as we as he was with us longer, we were like, you know what? I can see why another team wouldn't mm-hmm. like him. And the minute he left, I was like, oh, and I'm, I'm on that bandwagon. He ran Sammy Blay at some point in this game. Mm-hmm. And I was literally, I literally just thought, of course, because Thomas isn't on the ice mm. for him to run the youngest guy. So he goes after the next youngest guy. It's as predictable as the monsoon season. <laughs> I mean, it's just, <sighs> I don't like David Backus. I don't want him to win a Stanley Cup. He can win a Stanley Cup if he wants to when... He signs a one-year thank-you-for-coming contract with us in two years. I don't want him back. I don't care. I don't want him back, but if if, if that results in us winning a Stanley Cup, then he can win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> well, so this is like, like, if he can get it, one from it's us. As, it's exactly as much emotion as I would have about us re-signing Kyle Brodziak and winning the Stanley Cup. I'd rather. I'd rather. Um... But yeah, <laughs> overtime. Happy game. We won this game. Woo! Let's do some noises. <laughs> um, Practice your noises at home. We were talking last night. This this will be happy. We were talking last night mm-hmm. about how this did not feel like a game we like won by the skin of our teeth. No, like we got to overtime, and I honestly felt like, man, if we drop this game. It's going to be an injustice. And we didn't mention Gunnarsson hitting the post very late in the third with like two minutes left. I totally Although thought that was great at the in time. The intro. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a couple of times this postseason, and I guess this happens on any postseason run, but, you know, especially the, the game seven against Dallas springs to mind. You look at a game and you think, man. It would have been genuinely unfair for us to lose that game. Well, especially the way overtime went, we looked yeah outstanding. And um, you know, by contrast, the hand pass game, not one of those games. Mm. We botched it at the end, and while the way we lost was screwy, yeah, we kind of deserved to lose. It was tr- it was trending lead. that way. Yeah, um, but I think. There have been so many postseasons in the past where we'd have the games that it's like, 
you played so well, win this game, you have to win this game, and then just nope. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't, this was the opposite of that. <laughs> Uh, the Blues, this was a whole long sequence. Uh, the Blues carried it in at 17.08 left after a nice play by Pareko where he deked uh, exiting the zone. It would looked dangerous. I did not like him for making the play, but he made it and it looked nice. So <laughs> thumbs up Pareko. But uh, Krug carried it out of the zone. The puck pops up at center ice and Shin knocks it in. At 16.52, the puck would not leave the zone again. Uh, Brandon Carlo is the villain here if you're looking for one Boston. And no one from Boston is listening to We've got to one podcast, Boston fan. Especially after those comments about the um, Sean Avery, or not the Sean Avery, the Ryan Whitney sound alike. But anyway, uh, Brandon Carlo blows the initial zone exit here. Uh Schwartz blocked it and carried it back in at 1644. Uh, Schwartz made a good play and took a shot, and Carlo tried to shoot it out, but Shin stopped it at the boards in, like, the same place. So two botched clearing attempts. And then as Shin is driving the net, Carlo desperately lunges at him and trips Shin, uh, who knocks it towards the net, uh, before Petro knocks it wide, but yeah. it was that was the the delayed penalty that we scored on, which is that one of the three they committed in this game? That does not count. So I guess at the end of the game it would have been 5-4, but... It is weird. Um, they committed so, it. He raised his hand, but because we never started mm, on the power play, it, it's not a penalty. So uh, the puck's behind the net, and it goes around. Gunnarsson grabbed the puck and cycled back. He passes to Ivan Barbashev, who passed to Sunquist, uh, who took a big shot wide. Not great that Sunquist is on the ice if you're a Bruins fan, um, but it happened. Uh, Gunnarsson picked it back up, cycled back to the point. The exhausted Bruins uh, gave the meek and mild and uh, fangless Carl Gunnarsson far too much space he passed to i think it was sunquist uh who passed o'reilly o'reilly okay uh who passed back to him and carl gunnerson carl tick tick boom boom gunnerson the hives are from sweden and so is carl scores what will go down in history as the first stanley cup game-winning goal in Blues franchise history. Historic. A big slap shot from the point, roofs it over Tuka Rask. Petrangelo has a brutally effective screen on Rask. Um, or as I type, Petrangelo is brutally screening Petrangelo. <laughs> he has gone <laughs> cellular. <laughs> Two Thanoses. <laughs> Uh, Rask had no shot at saving it. It is 
Carl Gunnarsson's 57th career NHL playoff game and his first career playoff goal. As Alex Petrangelo said in the post-game scrum, I guess you don't really draw it up with me net front and Carl taking the shot, right? But that's how we play. We're playing as a group of five. And Carl Gunnarsson said, we'd have loved to have it in the third, but who cares? We got it this way, and that's all that matters. So it's a great feeling right now. What? A friggin' moment. Oh, yeah. Enterprise Center went nuts. I definitely pissed off some of my neighbors. For sure. It's a good thing I don't live in an apartment complex. Like, we couldn't watch a Stanley Cup final game at your place. Mm -hmm. Because... Oh, no, she can't hear downstairs. Oh, she's real deaf, right? She ain't got no ears. Is she, like, totally deaf or, like, super She tells us that we're very quiet and we're not that quiet. And so I'm always like, Mm. okay, so I don't think you're really deaf. You're being nice and you're, like, just, you know, writing it down on a piece of paper for when you call the cops eventually. Yeah. But anyways, no, you're right. Enterprise went nuts. They played Gloria. People sang along loud and proud. Uh... I shed some tears. That was amazing. I think I probably said some swear words of pure joy. Mm-hmm. I know I said, Kia! <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I said, Boom, boom, a lot. It was beyond. And, you can, and this was one of those moments. It's so beautiful in hockey and so rare for the blues where you just feel it building. And you just, mm-hmm. especially after after the trip, and they still and and the Bruins don't collect the puck immediately, and they're so tired. You're just like, please, just please, just score with the extra man. Just don't mm. don't go to the power play and do that thing you always do on the power oh, play, God. namely suck. Someone said, yeah, like, this is the first time the Blues have declined, quote unquote, declined <laughs> the power play, and it worked. That's my, effective. My dad was over there, and he was saying the exact same thing when they had the delayed penalties. Like, just finish it now, just end it now, just end the game now. And because you never know, like you can get a freaky bounce, and they can be away for a shorthander, like. It's Happened. Like you said, it's like how we felt and about the Dallas Game 7. Yeah. You're like, please don't be the just the one break they need, and Bennington hasn't faced that much in a while, and just the shitty, ah, oh, that shitty trickler, don't be that. But, like, it again, it just, it didn't feel like that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then when it goes in, it's just the pure, like... You don't even really know what's happening because you just I, you just jump up and start screaming. I don't think I saw it go in. Everyone just oh, jumped up yeah. like, hooray, we fucking scored. <laughs> it's so hard to see the puck from like that distance. If it wasn't any like yelling or screaming. It was just exactly that level of hooray, we scored. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, it was crazy. It was nuts. The guys all mob Carl Gunnarsson, of course. He was asked... Uh, if he knew what he, they were saying to him. And he said, I don't even know. They were so pumped up. I was too pumped up to listen. Uh, feels great taking this home. And then we go to work again. And then there's the most legendary story in the history <laughs> of Blue's legendary stories. The conversation at the pisser, as I think Gunnarsson said, because Baruvi didn't. Oh, and then and then oh, JR quote, everyone's saying pisser Maybe Baruvi said uh, it to JR. But in any case, apparently Gunnarsson and Baruby, as you all probably know by now, were taking a leak side by side at the urinal, which also struck me as weird because, like, I understand that probably has to happen. But, like, also, you That's... gotta, like, pull off your equipment and crap to make that happen, and well, it's weird. Not even that, but you, like, you went over to him? Yeah. 
that's my that's big that's like a big pet adequate. peeve yeah, i'm like get the fuck out of here uh but um gunnerson said i just need one more chance and i thought this was delightful because Baruby was asked about it um post game and asked if he believed him and he kind of chuckled and 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 coyly responded i liked hearing it uh you know he hit the post you know these guys he had a hell of a game and i'm really happy for him that he ended up getting that game winner he hit the post in the third there and he felt good about himself obviously which he should have Uh, blues win three to two it is the first ever victory in the Stanley Cup Finals for the St. Louis Blues. How do you feel? I was so happy we didn't get swept. Like the small, I know this is the most smallest pessimistic victory ever, but I was like, thank the Lord. Honestly, that like, was the, the at that point. Now, but when the game started, when the game started, that's all oh, I wanted. Especially after the PowerPoint goal. That's all I wanted. Um, now I want obviously way more, but. To start, I was like, please, just win me a game. Yeah. Honestly, like, now losing in five would hurt. Oh, no, for sure. And it would have hurt anyway. But, like, before, I was just like, just please, just please. Because, like... If they got swept, it would feel like it would be an amazing run. It would would also feel like nothing. To feel like a total failure. Yeah, exactly. You're like, how did this Um, turn into a failure? Yeah, and like, and it's one of those things where it's like before this, where it was like these guys have never won a game in the Stanley Cup ever in three trips. It's the longest ever streak or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. like you can say that, but there's so much distance where it doesn't feel like it's your blues that didn't win one Mm -hmm. and you can explain it away. But if they do it this year, it's like, Oh, so they're cursed, Mm -hmm. you know? And then it becomes like another weird, like a whole nother weird monkey on your back. So the series is tied at one. Uh, We wrote down a lot of quotes. I don't feel like we need to read all of them. It's sort of the standard. Gunnarsson said, we got to our game tonight. We never give up. I think we played a full 60, and it was good. Um, He talked about Enterprise Center and said, it's been ramping up every series here, so I think that place is going to be buzzing on Saturday. Uh, Braden Shin said, oh man, the playoffs, obviously two teams fighting hard for the Stanley Cup. I just love that. Oh man. I, I mean, go, that's not how he oh, said shucks, it. Oh, shucks, the playoffs. Uh, so obviously that's what you expect. You're physical, they're physical, everybody's physical. physical. Our sponsors are physical. physical. Um, and then I like this. He was talking about, uh, Baruby's belief in him, and this was a good point. Me and Chief, we have known each other Uh, We know each other pretty well. I've had him eight of nine years or seven of eight years, whatever it may be, uh, because he was an assistant in Philly and then the head coach in Philly and then he got fired and then Shen got traded and then he was an assistant here. Um, You know, he trusts me. I just try and bring a complete game. I've always tried to do that. Uh, obviously got a great opportunity with great line mates, ton of skill on my wings. So just got to be a distributor, get them the puck. It's amazing what my wingers are doing right now. They're a lot of fun uh, to play with. He also said our city is embracing it. It's been a fun ride so far. St. Louis is going to be buzzing. Enterprise is going to be rocking. We are looking forward to it. And oh my God, I can't like, like I, I can't be there. I just mm-hmm. don't have the money. <laughs> I, I'd love to be. Dude, it I'm was... also at a wedding on the Sunday, Saturday, so Fuck that will be the yeah. They can come but, to the game. Uh, <laughs> get married at Center Ice. It's it was amazing, and there was no game going on, and it was I'm gonna say like ninety percent full. Mm-hmm. 
and it was like ape. I've never seen it like that before. I've never seen, I've been we've been to playoff games before. I've been to playoff games before, and it was all that and more. And I can't Would you imagine. Say? And a bag of chips. And, well, half a bag. Um, but I don't know what I can't imagine. And like we were talking about, we just wanted the one game, and now that they've done this. It's like they've, they. I think I saw a lot of people quoting last night, like the Rocky Four. It's like once you can make Ivan Drago bleed, you know he's a man. You can beat him. And I didn't think the Bruins were that big and bad, but they did just sweep a team, and they were on an eight-game winning streak, right? That is a really good quote, though, because it's like I, again, like. Just as I was talking about earlier, there was a scenario in which they swept us. Mm-hmm. Not And again, not because we were so bad or screwed everything up, just because they're so good and so hot. And now that scenario is off the table. Now mm-hmm. they got to deal with us. That's like in a boxing match. It's like if you land a big punch, now they gotta, they've got to adjust. Mm-hmm. And they've got to block. And they've got to recover. And maybe they do. Maybe they win it in five oh, games. I don't, I, think, don't know, but... I don't think Boston's going away at all. They're yeah. a very good team. But I also think we got a, we've got a chance. I don't know. we got a chance to win two at home. I mean, we looked really good. I don't even think we played and like our most dominant game. We played a very good game. We I looked at the stats. We had like a, our second period was like sixty percent Corsi four. Our overtime was a hundred percent because we had four shots on net and they had zero shot attempts, which is amazing. Um, but we played a, obviously a much better game than the first game. I think there's still more for the Blues to show, and I think they're up to the task to match whatever Boston's going to bring on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. And it's one of those things I'm sure we both didn't feel like was going to happen after game one. Yeah, I mean, that's the the, the mood swing is huge. Tyler Bozak said, uh, what a feeling. We deserved that one tonight. We played hard. We knew we needed to rebound. It's something we've been doing all playoffs. And I think that really, and we can wrap up, um, that's really what has set this team apart. And you don't want to write the obituary or the eulogy uh, the opposite of an obituary there is no such thing Happy the memoir death. the memoir birth of the, <laughs> the birth announcement birth notes. <laughs> um but you don't want to write it too soon but like when we look on back on this run whether it ends uh with the team puffing the magic dragon, I'm running out of ways to say it. <laughs> Whether it ends what? in defeat, I think the thing you can say about this team that's so different from any team we've ever watched, and I know it's a the buzzword of the day, and we've said it a thousand times, but that resiliency. Damn, I is thought it was so, truculence. Oh, truculence, true too. That's actually, number two, like, close second. But like just. How many times in history before now have we bounced back from a loss like game one? Oh, pretty much never. Um, and certainly not immediately. Oh, no. it's the, Again, it's the clo- it would have been the close loss. Yeah. It would have been the old blues are right there, but they just lost. We'll get them next right. time. That would have been the improvement. Uh-huh. And, and this is now like the fourth or fifth time we've done it in these playoffs mm-hmm. where it's like, you know... 
you win games one and two in Winnipeg, and then you somehow drop both games on home ice. And I know it's so long ago, but take try to take yourself back there and just remember you're just. We were both like, oh, so it's every other year. It's just every other year again. We just we win two, mm-hmm. and then we drop four. It's just gonna be that. And then, and then we're losing two nothing in the third period yeah. of game five of that series, and it's so obvious. That that's the one where maybe we get a late one and make it real close, mm-hmm. but don't win it, and then we just get blown out at home in Game Six. That's well, yeah. that's the storyline for that series every other year that in our lifetime, mm. pretty much. And we then we win it on Schwartz's goal, and we well, yeah, dominate them in Game Six. Multiple games this playoffs where we could have just absolutely yeah you could fold you could easily fold in game six against the stars in dallas you Mm. don't you can easily fold after the hand pass you don't you can even fold the game after the game after the hand pass when you played like crap and eked out a victory and you could go to san jose and think oh boy we really got lucky and Mm -hmm. we're not a good team and then just be down three nothing but you didn't do it Anytime, and and as much as you know, I'm ashamed to admit it. I still kind of worried that we'd do it this time, and we didn't. Like I said, I'm not going to believe it till it happens. Oh, and it's a I've, long way from happening. I believe more and more every time, but I'm not going to completely believe it till it happens. There are five games left in this series, but the boys have home ice advantage now. I don't think that means a lot because I don't think. The home team's just going to win every remaining game. They technically have a better road record, so... But, honestly, if we take one... Just, if you take one, home, I'm all right. I'd really like us to win tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Or Saturday, because of the stupid schedule. But if you take one at home, I like our chances of winning in Game 5 in Boston and taking it home and shutting the door in Game 6. I'll tell you this. I will say this. And I, I don't, you know, it, it may just not happen. But if we're up 3-2 in this series and we bring it home for game six, I don't think it's going back to Boston. We put every team away mm-hmm. at home in a big way. Yeah, It's not just like we have dominated the final game of every series as much as the first two feel close, mm-hmm. not close. And I think if we're... 3-2 up in the series. Game 6, we're winning it at home. By all means, win it in 5. I'm not... Oh. Or win it in 7. I'm not complaining. Fucking winning but, on Mars. I ain't yeah. give a shit. Yeah, but... but um, yeah, who knows? It could it could go a thousand ways from here. But now, now, now at this point, I'm just like, okay, it's just a series. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what will happen. But now I'm excited... I was dreading it a little bit mm-hmm. after game. Now you're in it. Yeah. We were just like the players. First game felt it's, nerve-wracking. It's weird. I was so scared all of yesterday. And it's weird because I thought it was all this. I've, I'm in this wedding tomorrow, um, which, by the way, we probably won't podcast Saturday night. We'll be doing something Sunday, right? You know how we make these decisions on the air. Um, Vote with your phone. But, <laughs> but uh, I'm in this wedding and I really thought it was just the anxiety of like I got to go get a tux, I got to do this, that, and the other thing to be ready for this wedding. You know, it's. Are you getting married? N- no, but I'm in the party, so I was like, 
And so it's just, I thought that's what it was because I had all this anxiety. And it, I realized after we won the game, I was like, it was that freaking game. It's oh, how I, I felt like, that. it's how I felt like game seven of the other series of the Dallas series or game six felt worse than game seven, where it was just like, oh, terrific. I can't function today. Um, but we, we won. We won. And now it's a series. Do you have anything else to say? Mm, nope. Oscar Sundquist got screwed. Zach Sanford for president, 2020. He's running the Liberal Democrats party. Keep smacking them Bruins up. I'm starting to, I believe in our system now. Just I, be rough and tumble. Apparently it works. Apparently it fucking works. I don't want, you know, I, again, I don't want to drag this out much longer, but I don't think any team, who'd they face? The Maple Leafs? Columbus. Columbus. Is probably the clo- honestly, probably the yeah, closest to us in terms not, of physicality. But still not us. No. I don't think any team has just punched him right back. Yeah. In terms of just in terms of the physicality. Mm-hmm. I think they thought, you know, oh, for Bruins better fans or worse, did. When they hit that Krug hit, mm. at least the fan base thought this team's just as weak as everybody else. They're just going to fold. They're crybabies. I saw Crybaby a lot. I saw a lot of Crying Baby gifts. Um, and I don't think they've gotten punched in the mouth. And I, I, I don't believe they will just fold either. But much like there's a scenario where they swept us, there is, a, I think, a scenario where we f- win this in five. I don't think it's likely. But I don't. we don't really know how the Bruins react to getting beaten cleanly and beat up at the same time. Mm. And now we're going to find that out. So that game is Saturday night, 7 o'clock, right? Enterprise Center. I will be at a wedding. Where are you watching? Are you watching? You're not know, Ballpark there. Village. I'm going to get fucking drunk. BPV, baby. Come Excellent. find me at the booth. Um... Yeah, and we are we're going to be out and about for some of these games. So follow on Twitter, and and we'll try to if we follow us in life. We'll we try, don't. Yeah. I, I'm really looking for a stalker. We'll try to. <laughs> I'm in the market. We'll try to keep you all posted if you want to uh, meet up somewhere while we're out and just say hi. We'll try to do that too. But uh, for now, the Blues have finally won a game in the Stanley Cup Final, mm-hmm. and. There's nothing wrong with that. Another one.